If you or a loved one has had thoughts of self-harm, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline by dialing 988 or visiting suicidepreventionlifeline.org. I wish you a scary Christmas. I wish you a scary Christmas. I wish you a scary Christmas because I'm a creepy bald queer. Why uh, so glum, Chum? Hey, bud. Um, yeah, I'm just, you know, around this time of year, I, I can't really get into the spirit of things, you know? You're kidding me. It's the best time of the year. Presents and people are happy and eggnog and hot guys with beards and you get to sit on their lap and no one says a thing about it. It's great. Yeah, Can you... I don't know. It's just, it's not the same as it used to be. Well, everything changes, but that doesn't make it bad. But, you know, dude, I'm freezing out here. I brought you this gift, but it's really cold. Can I come in? Well, I, yeah, but I don't think you'd be cold if you decided to wear a better outfit than a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer G-string. You know what? It's the season. I can only wear this like once a year. And these boots are thigh high, so they keep my legs pretty warm. But please let me in. It's freezing out here. Hey, and what's this package on your front porch? This is like huge. Who's this from? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see that. There's no address on it. That's pretty weird. Here, take this and then let me drag this thing inside. Okay, I got it. All right, here, open this one for me first. I'm excited. I've waited so long to give this to you. I'm so excited. I hope you like it. I can tell you're really excited. Oh, let's see. Well, don't look down at the this, thump. Just uh, look at my, my eyes. <laughs> this wrapping paper. Uh, oh, um, another 8x10 glossy photo of you posing in front of a jack-o'-lantern. Um, it's it's a tradition, Rob. You can hang it up. Look, what's this? Uh, one, two. This is the 12th one in the series. How exciting. It's like almost taking up that whole wall in your dining room. And each one, the jack-o'-lantern moves a little bit farther away from your crotch. Interesting. I'm just, I love Halloween so much. Anyway, open the other one. Open the other one, because I'm really excited to see what this is. It's so big. It's huge. That's what she said. Whatever. And you didn't hear the guy drop it off or anything? No, I didn't hear anything at all. I, I was pretty much dead to the world for quite a while. I was sleeping a lot. You know, now that I think about it, though, like... I didn't see another set of footprints in the snow, and it's like a blizzard out there. Yeah, that when I went to bed, there was no snow, and all of a sudden, it just piled up right at the door. Yeah, it's freakish. It's freakish. 
But you know what? You got to be careful about your attitude because you know what they say happens to people who don't believe in Christmas anymore. What? They just get old and cranky? No, the whole Krampus thing. Dude, you got to be careful. I mean, this this stuff is real. I mean, forget Santa Claus. This like this guy is serious. He's going to like come and kick your ass and not in a good way. I've never even it, heard of Krampus. Oh, you got to be kidding me, dude. No, he's like this super creepy beast and he like beats up kids and like steals them and it's really like, well, in my mind, is it's a pretty cool thing because you know how I feel about kids. Anyway, what, <laughs> I'll tell you more about it. Just open the present. Okay, okay. Let's uh, let's get this box open. But well, it's wrapped in like really creepy vintage paper. Look at this. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, save some and we could press it and like put it in a scrapbook. Okay, here, take take this part. Okay. Uh, let's open this box here. What the hell is oh, that? Oh, Jesus Christ, that's got teeth. Oh my God, Rob. That's what the horrifying. Hell? Oh my God, it's moving. Ah! Uh. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle bells. Merry Christmas. Looks like Martha Stewart threw up in here. This is delicious, honey. A little dry. Well, mine's delicious. Mine's dry. Do you want to trade? It's the it's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. With those holiday greetings and How are we going to survive Christmas with 12 people stuck in a house with no heat and no electricity? Or food. There's plenty of leftovers, Howard. Beer it is. It's the weirdest thing. There's no cars, no people. How long can this keep up? We heard something on the roof. What the hell is this? Saint Nicholas is not coming this year. Instead, a much darker ancient spirit. Those are hooves. Elk or a goat? What kind of goat walks on its hind legs? His name is Krampus. He and his helpers did not come to give, but to take. Hold on to each other. He is the shadow of Saint Nicholas. All right, all you Midnight Mass Creature fans, we hope that you're in the creepy Christmas spirit because this time around, we're going to be welcoming Krampus into your lives. That's right. It's a horror holiday. Woohoo. Um, I am Mark, and that other person you heard was my awesome co-host. 
I'm Rob, the disembodied voice on the other end of your speakers. <laughs> and we're going to be covering Krampus from 2015. This was Rob's pick, but I'm A-OK with this one because I love this movie. Uh, it has um, two versions. <clears throat> the theatrical release is one hour and 38 minutes, and it uh, came to the theaters as PG-13. Um, the version I watched is four and a half minutes longer, and it's unrated, and it's called The Naughty Cut. And this one has the full frontal nude scenes of Krampus. Ah, um, okay. Yeah, so just four and a half minutes. And so I'm, I'm guessing like the four and a half minutes, it, it takes that much time just to get the entirety of Krampus's junk on camera. His jingle bells, if you know what I mean. His, His candy cane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's three inches off the floor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I think what um, uh, Rob and I were just discussing this before we start recording. And I think what it is is just prolonged scenes. I don't think there's added scenes. I think they just kind of extended the scenes that already existed in the film, I believe. But yeah. so we will move on from there. Um now, I'm going to say, because we spoil the heck out of everything, if you have not seen this and you're calling yourself a monster movie fan, they're going to take your card away, folks. So if you've not watched this yet, go watch it and then come back and join us because it's pretty cool. And we're oh, going to spoil yeah. the heck out of everything. Yeah, we're going to destroy um, it. So I recommend watching this movie before listening to us. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, so now we're assuming that you're back. <laughs> welcome back uh, welcome back um it's directed by michael doherty who he's not i think he's only directed eight films uh the two that i'd recommend you rush right out and check out are trick-or-treat from 2007 which it should be a staple of your halloween movie watching collection if not you need to rectify that one is that the um, trick or treat one yes okay, uh, trick okay. or treat mm -hmm. yep. with sam hayne the little creature with the little bag on his head and the little sucker yeah um okay yeah i just wanted to make sure it was the right one. Oh, certainly oh yeah um and then the next one i would recommend if for all you giant uh kaiju fans out there is godzilla king of the monsters from 2019 Ooh. um yeah now you're a godzilla fan right absolutely yeah Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so I recommend that one. Um, <clears throat> so basically the premise is a young boy who still really very much wants to keep the belief of Christmas in his heart um, is having um, kind of second thoughts about it. His his warm wishes are being doused very quickly by those around him and, and kind of society's view of Christmas. Um, and because of this, he is brought the wrath upon a creature called Krampus onto his family. Um, the uh, character of Max is the son and he's played by MJ Anthony. The only film that I know of to recommend from him is called Incarnate. It's like a demon possession film from 2016. Um, his mother, Sarah is played by Tony Collette, who I think is amazing. Um, a couple of things I'd recommend from her is uh, the sixth sense from 1999 um, with a, uh, Bruce Willis. Uh, it was M. Night Shyamalan's, I think, like first film, if I'm not mistaken. The one that really kind of put him on the map. Um, she was also in the Fright Night remake from 2011. Oh, yeah. Uh, she she was the mother. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jane Brewster. Because uh, I knew you were going to do that to me, so I came prepared for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, one of my favorite movies, it, like, I love Hereditary so much from 2018. It's just creepy as all get out. I could watch that oh, repeatedly. Yeah. I could watch it's that a, over and over. That was such a good movie. It's my favorite feel-good movie of all time. <laughs> it's the feel-good um, movie of the century. It is. It is. And then um, Max's dad, uh, Tom, is played by Adam Scott. 
Um, he was in Hellraiser Bloodline from 96. You know, I don't remember him from that. I remember him from, um, uh, he plays the boyfriend uh, of the lady on Parks and Recreation. But that's all I know of him. <laughs> he, lots of TV shows. I tried to stick with like horror things. So like fans of this podcast might know some of these. He was in the Sarah Michelle Geller horror film, The Return from 2005. Did you see that one? No, I've never seen that one. Okay, that's something you might want to check out. I'm going to get Rob. my Sarah Michelle Geller fan club card pulled. You are. You will. Um, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. I believe it was based on a... Remember when they were doing all the um, American redos of Japanese horror? I believe that one is as well. I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, she was in The Grudge. And, yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that I does think, make sense. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but if it's the film I'm thinking it is, I believe it was based on a Japanese film. I believe. He was also in Piranha 3D from 2010. He was Novak in that one, um, which I love all the Piranha films. Uh, <laughs> and then, now, I, I didn't get into all the actors and actresses. They also have a, a daughter in the film named Beth. Um, we're going to skip on to their grandmother, Omi. Um, the actress is from Vienna, Austria. I don't know any other films, but I think she's very cool in the part. And she is uh, the actress, Krista Stadler. Um, then the arrival of uh, <laughs> um, Sarah's uh, sister, uh, Linda, played by Allison Tolman. Um, she was in The Gift, uh, which is a really creepy film from 2015. Uh, Joel Edgerton directed and stars in it. And it also has Jason Bateman in it. I highly recommend it to people. It's super creepy. It's a really good creepy film. I'm going to have um, to watch that because I had never seen it. It's real. It's real creepy. I highly recommend it. Um, and then she, her husband is Howard, uh, played by David uh, Ketchner, I believe. C-O-E-C-H-N-E-R. Yeah, I'll go um, with that. Thank you. Because <laughs> I honestly, I don't know how to pronounce his name. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, now he was on, I love, or he was in, uh, well, he was on it. Uh, Snakes on a Plane from 2006. Uh, he did a Final Destination movie, the fifth one from 2011. And he was Chet from Piranha 3 Double D from 2012. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. See, I just um, remember him from like uh, Talladega Nights um, and the other. I, no, he wasn't Anchorman, in Anchorman. Yeah, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron yeah. Burgundy. Yeah. Waiting. He does lots of comedies. Again, I tried, just me, I just tried to stick with like maybe horror-themed ones that yeah. folks might know um, and that I would recommend. Um, and then uh, they have three children, Howie Jr. and their daughters are Jordan and Stevie. Stevie's the one with glasses. Jordan does not wear glasses. Um Okay. Which I'm wondering, this just now hit me. I wonder if the daughters are supposed to be twins. It's never really mentioned, but they look very close in age. You uh, would whatever. think that, yeah, that they were twins. Yes. And then they have a third little girl, Gracie, who's the baby. Um, and then they are joined uh, by a surprise guest to Sarah, their aunt, Dorothy, played by Conchita uh, Farrell, who I love this actress so much. Um, she was in Edward Scissorhands by Tim Burton. And then she provided a voice in Tim Burton's Frankenweenie from 2012. And then I've talked about this movie before because I love true crime stuff. And it was uh, the movie, The Axe Murders of Velisca uh, from 2016. She was also in that. So that hmm. rounds out our cast so we can move on from there. There's quite a few people in this movie. There is. There's a lot of people in the film. Um, 
it's like a family. Imagine like a Lifetime or a Hallmark Christmas movie gone really wrong. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> one of those Lifetime or Hallmark movies directed by Tim Burton. Yeah, it it takes a, a turn for the worse for sure. <laughs> um, I do love the opening of this, how it starts with the Universal uh, logo, but it's all icy and snowy and frozen over. Yeah. And then the legendary logo is the same way. I think that's really cool. I like when studios let them do things like that. That's you can fun. tell you're in for a very frozen kind of treat. Yes, very much so. And it's has all the uh, tropes of a uh, traditional American Christmas. Uh, we're at the Mucho Mart and uh, they're playing It's a Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. But the uh, <laughs> the uh, place is being trampled by like Black Friday shoppers and everything. And it's chaos. And just oh, yeah, it's basically just a, a consumer nightmare. Um, and then you see the reindeer, uh, which is Max, and he's fighting with a wise man. And uh, Beth is taking pictures of it while the parents are trying to break this all up. And <laughs> didn't that slow motion that uh, slow motion introduction remind you of the intro to Zombie Land, where they played the Metallica for whom the bell tolls and like very all the so. stuff was going in slow mo. Yeah, that was it's very fun. Yeah. I, I just like the tone of what it sets up for what else is to come from the movie. I just I really love it. Yeah. Um, so back at the house, um, Omi, which is the grandmother, um, She's from, she's like, I guess you say she's from the old country. Um, she speaks like German with an Austrian like accent to it. And she is um, Tom's mother. So she's Max's and best grandmother. And she would be Sarah's mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, she's baking the cookies and everything. And they all come in and Max is hurt from fighting. <laughs> and the, in this, I guess the play that was going on in the mall, it was very odd. Or I don't know if it was segueing into something else because there's a curtain anyway he got hurt in the in the fight and everything uh and then it's revealed that uh more families joining that no one's really particularly happy that will be coming but it's a family tradition so they have to show up and that of course would be sarah's sister linda and linda's husband howard and their whole uh, troop of children that they're going to be bringing with them but um, at one point i was confused because he said he wants the Christmases to be like they were in the past. So I'm guessing that, at, you know, at one time when they were much younger, everyone had gotten along like fairly well. I could see that because when you're younger, they probably still believe I still believe just so anyone who's listening needs to know. I still believe in Santa Claus. Um, they probably still believed in Santa Claus and. Sure, things probably were a lot different. You know mm. what I'm saying? When you're little. Oh, yeah. You know? And I think Max is having a hard time letting go of all of that. He still longs for for what he had as a youth. Even he's not an old man. He's like <laughs> still <laughs> yeah. a kid. He's, he's at still that in between age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really want to let it go. Which I remember when my cousin, who's gayer than me, <laughs> told me that Santa wasn't real. And I was like devastated. <laughs> Did you assault him? No, I just remember there's that feeling that you get where you know someone's telling you the truth and it hits you like a ton of bricks, but you don't really want to believe that what they said is true, but you know in your heart of hearts that it is. Okay, yeah. And everything makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just not a good day for for little fat Mark. Um, and I was much older than I should have been too. I will tell you that right now. Like, I don't know how I got to the point I was and that I had not realized that or not been... Fed that information sooner. Well, that some, you know, there 
sometimes we are blissfully ignorant to certain aspects of things that we want to continue believing. So I can yeah, totally see that. Yeah, it was pretty. That didn't stop me from sitting on Santa's lap <laughs> this day. <laughs> it's weird, though, because they get mad because they still they're like, you need to face forward. <laughs> you need to face forward. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> they feed us some information that's kind of important to know later on. So Beth has a boyfriend. He's only four blocks away so that, you know, he's close enough and everything. So the family arrives and there's already like fighting amongst the the, the family that pulls up. Oh, yeah. Um, they come packing all this stuff. They come with a dog because there's there's certain people who will show up with pets to your house. <laughs> and these are those people. It's Rosie the dog. Um, I don't mean to be disparaging, but the daughters are very tomboyish, I guess I would say. Yeah, they're extremely. Yeah, because they, they're into hockey. They're wearing like full hunting, like hunting camel. Oh, yeah. They could skin like a deer easily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's even mentioned that the dad, Howard, wanted sons, but he got daughters instead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and then uh, the little mouth breathing boy is Howie Jr., who doesn't, <laughs> I think, says one word through the whole movie. He's just very food motivated. Yeah. I, I don't think he has a line at all unless he's no. screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I, I sorry, I misspoke. It's not the baby isn't Gracie. It's Chrissy because they forget her in the car outside. Yes, in the beginning. It's like we're. Isn't there another child? He's like, oh, yeah, let's get the baby out of the vehicle. Yeah, the family is pretty foul. I At one point, doesn't it remind you of like the Griswold family Christmas? And very like, much so. That, very much so. Yeah. He plays yes. Randy Quaid. You know. Yes, they're interchangeable, aren't they? These two. Very yeah. much so. And as, as if this weren't enough, as if this weren't enough. The sister Linda stopped by and then all of a sudden she got like kind of coerced into bringing Aunt Dorothy, uh, a very overbearing, uh, loud person along unexpectedly for the holidays mm-hmm. as well. Because nobody yeah. wants Aunt Dorothy there. Yeah. And she are like right off the bat, like they're at dinner and she makes like this comment about like a uh, like a an off color comment about Jewish people. Cause there's no ham. Oh yeah. So, Cause they're yeah. eating like, are they eating individual like, uh, Little, like Cornish? Hands, yeah. Cornish hands. Yeah. Yeah. Like clearly Sarah is like very, uh, kind of Martha Stewarty. Like she wants everything to be very, uh, like proper in a certain way and mm-hmm. everything. And she takes pride in that. I'm not making fun of her, but it's very different than the way her sister and her family, uh, live you know not one is bad or good it's just very different um very different um and then like uh right off the bat like howard is like i don't know that it's like purposeful but he's very clearly like demasculating tom with all these different comments he's like offhand comments he's making and everything so uh oh and then stevie starts making these comments about their eating reindeer Oh, and Max about Santa eating reindeer. Yeah, Max is getting like more and more angrier by the second. Yeah, yeah, and I forgot to add this. So Max has this letter that he has written to Santa, but he's not mailed it like he normally does because he's kind of on the fence about things. And Stevie and Jordan have like right off the bat noticed this letter in his pocket earlier. So at the dinner, the girls have somehow gotten his letter and they start taunting him with it and they start reading it out loud. Yeah. And oh man, did like 
when if you had family members who have done that, like not just letters to Santa, but letters to anyone, like if you've got an older sister and she's, you know, taunting you, reading something personal that you had written, or even at school, hell, when a teacher yeah. or another student would do such a thing where it's just like, you just want to crawl into a hole and die. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And especially, well, especially what this contains, because it's got very personal family issues in it because he's talking about like how he wishes he was still closer with his sister and his parents have drifted apart. And then the the family that just showed up, like Howard and Linda, you know, like how like they're not doing so well financially and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's just not the kind of thing you want shared with anybody. So a fight like breaks out while mom's in the kitchen and everything. And she walks out into chaos and it's just not a good thing. (laughs) So Max is justifiably upset. So he heads up to his bedroom Dad tries to comfort him. Not very well. Not successful at all. So Max decides instead of mailing his traditional letter to Santa, he just rips it up and throws it outside to a very gusty, snowy uh, outside. Yeah, um, and then that Tim Burton-esque music starts playing. Yes. Uh, and there's a big dark cloud looming overhead. Oh, very ominous. Yes. Yeah. And the music. Yeah. And the music. <laughs> and the storm picks up and it's just not good. So I like how our procession of time is uh, guided along by the little opening of the advent calendar. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. So now we're at the 23rd and um, we see that there are there's snow everywhere. There's like been a clearly a blizzard and there's a snowman on the front yard, a snowman on the front yard, which is like, how would that, who would come to your front yard and build a snowman? That's just weird and creepy because you would do that and who would do it in this weather? So there's already like, there's something off here, folks. And Max is the only one who notices that at first. Yes. Yeah. And now the power's outside the house. And of course the phone's out and Max tries to point the snowman out to his parents, but they don't really pay him any heed. Uh, it made note that all the neighbors are either not talking to them or they're out of town for the holidays. Um, and then this delivery guy just shows up with a package. Um, and then there's this sign on the porch. There's this giant sack of packages, much like Santa would carry. But I'm not thinking it's from Santa, Rob. Yeah, that's a dirty looking red sack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a hobo just came and dropped some things off on their porch. It's not an attractive sack. Um, and then so Beth <laughs> makes mention that she wants to go talk to Derek, her boyfriend, or go see her boyfriend, Derek, who's only five blocks away. Mom's not too overjoyed with the premise, but dad's like, you know, she'll be fine. Let her go over there. Yeah. Um, that's how I ended up with a son because my parents, again, put way too much faith in me. <laughs> so Omi's over at the fireplace making hot chocolate. I really feel sorry for the way that they treat this character um it's almost because she is a foreign descent a lot of the other family members like they'll say stuff in front of her it's like she can understand you folks you know like i i i feel very sorry for the way she's treated i think in 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 this film anyway um so we see Beth trudging on and the skies are getting darker and darker above her. And there's this ominous laughter and you hear like little faint, like sleigh bells in the distance. Yeah. And like, I made note of how it suddenly, it went from daylight to um, just nighttime immediately. Exactly. Well, she spies up on the roof, this 
form that's got these big ass antlers curling back and she screams and starts to run. Well, this is Krampus, you know, keeping pace with her, but he's doing it by jumping from rooftop to rooftop, very uh, agilely. He's, he's fine with this. He's not like stumbling or anything, which is horrifying to me. Yes. And at that point, I would probably pee and poop my pants. And you know, Oh, my God. Just... Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so her screams are going on her, but she spies the delivery van, obviously from earlier, The you know, made the delivery earlier. And she sees that the driver is frozen inside and she hides underneath the vehicle just as Krampus basically jumps down. And we see his little cloak, not little, they're giant cloven hooves and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden he just becomes airborne and she kind of breathes this little sigh of relief. But off to her side, there's a little, she, well, first she hears Silent Night and there's a little jack in the box. Yeah. And, and um, it, as the as the box pops open, like the the little jack doesn't, pop out instead it creepily just moves out very slowly i guess like you you see an arm or a face or something like that i'm not entirely sure what i saw well and it's a a very much a let's watch moment because she's kind of frozen in fear as it pops open Mm -hmm. and then you get the and the version i watched you get the overhead thing of the van shaking and everything yeah that's the one i saw too yep now None of the houses were real. It was all like CGI'd in. And supposedly there are different houses from different horror films in here. Like one of them is the Amityville Horror House and stuff, um, which I thought was really cool. No way. Yeah. I I really thought all those homes were real. And yeah, no, they're all CGI and they're based on different famous um, houses from other horror films. So anyway, okay. That's awesome. So at 717, it's the dark house and Tom and uh, Sarah are sitting in the dining room and um, this is where Max kind of pops in and um, he breaks up their conversation about, you know, they're kind of feeling that Christmas spirit in there, you know, that they're making mention that, you know, Sarah's like, I, I miss us. And Tom's like, I miss us too. And that kind of thing. Well, Max pops in. He's like, are you not worried about Beth? Cause it's like late at night and she's still not back. And you hear sirens in the distance and everything. And they decide that, yeah, you know what? It, it has been long enough. We probably should do something about our daughter who's been gone forever. Yeah. So, um, Tom approaches his brother-in-law Howard about possibly going out to look for Beth out in the blizzard. This is where it's made note that Howard has some weapons in his vehicle and there's that whole shotgun wedding comment. Oh yeah. Yeah. Directed towards, you know, the couple and everything, which fills us in that, you know, Linda was pregnant when they got married. Um, so Omi like is very much against this. She's saying you probably should stay here and everything, but Tom reassures her with a kiss and they head out. So yeah, you can tell at this point that she knows like there, there are things that are going on that she's like, this is familiar and uh, something bad yeah. is happening. Omi is no fool. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> no, she's privy to information that she's just not shared yet, but she probably should have opened her mouth sooner. But <laughs> the plot doesn't. I'm not judging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to judge her. So Howard has showed up in a Hummer. So that's plowing through the snow, but they get no radio reception or anything. All of a sudden it breaks in that central Ohio is under a weather warning and everything. 
And up a, ahead in the snow, Tom spies a snowplow. So the men jump out of the Hummer and they go to investigate and it reveals that there's presence inside and the keys, but there's no driver to be found. And this is where Tom makes the comment that something has punched inside the windshield. Yeah. Um, so the guy didn't fly out of it. Something's burst into the windshield. Um, so the uh, house belonging to Beth's boyfriend is in really sad shape. So they head in to investigate. And they're armed. And so they, they're head in. <clears throat> So back home, we see the scene with Sarah and Linda, and they're reminiscing about their child childhood Christmases and everything. Um, and they're having that nice little moment and everything. And oh, I, you know what? I thought they were going to fight about the the angel that got to sit on the Christmas tree because you know one of them was looking for it, and the other one's like, "Oh yeah, I've got it. I didn't know you had." It. And I was like, "Just watch them break out into a fight." You know that that's just right. like what happens. But no, it didn't happen. But I did like the foreshadowing of the Christmas angel. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until later. <laughs> I said, yes. oh, that was why. Yeah. And then so Omi's, Omi will not let the fire die. She's like keeping that fire going come mm-hmm. hell or high water. Um, and then there's a noise upstairs, which is clearly not squirrels like Sarah claims it is. What did the... What did Aunt Dorothy say something about those squirrels are nuts or get your nuts yeah, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a loud thud and everything, so um, it causes everyone to, like, jump. Now, Omi's still checking the fireplace. We're back to the other home. They're investigating around, and it sounds like, well, at first they're calling for Beth and, and her boyfriend, but there's no response. And then he kind of sounds like he can hear Beth upstairs, Okay. So this oh, is yeah, where Howie how, yeah. how how or Howie spies that gingerbread cookie like with a knife plunged through its chest, pinning it to the refrigerator door. Yeah. Then we see the fireplace of the home is in shambles and there's like a giant crack running down it, which leads you to believe something really large came down the chimney. And just busted its way through like the Kool-Aid man. Right, right. So Howie's thinking maybe it was a blown gas line, everything. Well, then he spies these like gigantic hoof marks in the snow. And he's thinking maybe it's like an elk or a goat, but that's not what it is. Right. Um, (laughs) So, okay. So I got a question about this. Now, when, when Max, you know, ripped up the letter and threw it out the window, I was thinking that uh, the invocation to Krampus was kind of just limited to that family alone. Um, but apparently everyone on the block who was still around got their homes invaded by Krampus and pretty much met a grisly fate. Well, yes, I agree with you. And don't you think that, and this will come up later, folks, but don't you think that goes back to what Omi's story reveals as well? Didn't she say like everyone in her family and that was it? No, I thought she said the town. Oh, really? I thought I it was thought, just. I thought I could be wrong. Okay, I don't know because my thinking was that she was just saying like every one by one her entire family, uh, but it might have been all the people in the town because let's face it when when she was talking about her childhood she was talking about everybody in the town. Okay, so yeah, the, it could definitely be that. Because I'm assuming that Beth did not. Because I was going to say, well, maybe Beth brought it to the house, but I don't think Beth made it to the house. No, I think she, yeah, when that van was shaken, I think at that yeah, moment, think, like, yeah. she got taken. Yeah, no, I think 
this just which is really kind of shitty if you think about the whole grand scheme of this thing. So how far did this reach? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like how was far it did just that... a couple blocks or was <laughs> it the state? <laughs> how far did that giant ass cloud cover? Yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> We're all the more grim once you get to the ending. Anyway, okay, so <laughs> are, you, are you okay? We just had on. <laughs> totally, yep. The uh, calls from Beth have... Uh, led the two men outside of the house now. So they're walking through the snow, which is super deep. And then something, there's like all this growling noises and stuff and something pulls Howie down into the snow and he's screaming that something's biting him. You hear all these growls. And then Tom starts shooting at it, which kind of uh, frees uh, Howie. But back home, it alerts the family as well because they can hear the shots off in the distance. The freed men get back only to find that the Hummer has been completely destroyed. And it's like, what the hell could destroy that Hummer? And first of all, I thought Howie was a goner when he got pulled into the snow and he's like swirling around like he was attacked by Jaws or something, you know? I agree with you. And I I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm glad he wasn't because I'm like, I want to see what's doing that. Like, to me, it's like a, a cop out. Like, I want to yeah. see what's killing him <laughs> but we never we never really got to see what was underneath the snow no like pulling we don't get things. to see no we never really do and so that I guess sucks because th- this movie was creature heavy oh very much so yeah very much so anyway so the shots have caused sarah to become concerned and she's going to head out and look for them herself just as the two men come bursting inside and they are visibly shaken, clearly upset. And Howard's got like a gigantic flesh wound on his leg. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a bear trap. <laughs> right, 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 right. Which is great. Yeah. Well, because like Tom's trying to calm him down because he's flipping out in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. And Tom doesn't want to upset the family, especially the kids. So um, they kind of coerce Dorothy, Aunt Dorothy, into becoming a sitter for the other kids. So the adults... You know, the, the, the husbands and wives can talk amongst themselves. And I love her um, line where she's like, I hate kids. Even when I was younger, I used to hate myself or something like that. <laughs> Dorothy is amazing. She is <laughs> so funny. Um, just a quick aside. So when I was married, uh, my ex had a aunt, Katie, and Dorothy is the embodiment of Aunt Katie. And it was just... It, they're the same person. It it really is. It was just like spending holidays with Katie would be just like spending holidays with Aunt Dorothy. But anyway, oh wow. Um, God rest her soul. Katie's no longer with us. But yeah, she was totally Aunt Dorothy. Anyway, um, so Omi's gonna go make some hot chocolate, but she's like, you know, make sure you keep the fire hot. Don't let it go down. Yeah, she's very adamant about that fire. Yeah. So I love that in the kitchen, Aunt Dorothy is uh making giving basically the kids lessons about how to like add schnapps to like the drinks. <laughs> and and then like that mouth breather you were talking about, like he doesn't say a word, he just kind of no. looks at her and yeah. she gives him the, the peppermint schnapps. Yeah, Howie Jr. <laughs> well, actually they were worried that this this scene was gonna get them an R. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. that's what they're worried about. Like the underage drinking was gonna cause them to lose their PG 13, but it did not. Um anyway, so Max is eavesdropping, so he's kind of hearing the men convey what happened at the other house when they were looking for Beth. Um, and so they're saying, like, it's sub-zero outside, the truck's gone, um, and they need to just kind of stay put and go when the weather breaks. 
all of a sudden the kids pop in, you know, and, and uh, they kind of demand to know the truth and everything. And basically everyone's heard it as it is. So there's really no need to conceal anything from anyone. Yeah. So they're making it as fun and festive as they can. So they're having like a camp out in the living room um, and they're going to watch like a little movie on the iPad and everything. And Tom vows that he's going to find Beth. So it's great because the house is boarded up and they're just all up in there, like trying to make the best of a bad situation. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, you know, they're, Tom's giving him like a, the, uh, I'm sorry, Linda gives like this pep talk about Beth and everything. And then while they're boarding up the house, you know, um, the two men kind of bond and patch up the like little differences they had between them and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but Max can't sleep and outside he spies that creepy snowman again. He asked if we're going to die. Yeah, because like, that no, snowman looks die. different. Like, did you notice how? Oh yeah. At first, it looked like a smiling face, and then it, it looks more sinister, almost like a skeletal kind of thing. Right, right, right. And then, like Max kind of points out that Omi's starting to act different, and Tom just kind of poo poo poos this, and he's like, "She always acts different around Christmas." Well, hell yes. When we find out why, it's clear <laughs> he will always act different around Christmas. Um, and then, um. Howie volunteers to stay awake and keep watch so everyone else can get some sleep, which right off the bat, you know, that's a bad idea. Yeah. So we cut to immediately. It's dark. Everyone's falling asleep. Silent night's playing again. The fire's dying out. The iPad dies. And then clearly there's something upstairs. And you hear that like elfish giggling and Max is chilly. And we see this little hook kind of descend down the chimney with a little gingerbread man like wrapped around the chain. <laughs> so I was like, that fat kid's going to wake up and smell the cookie. <laughs> and he did. But you know what? Fat Mark would have not been enticed by this. You it know would what? would not have worked on little fat Mark. That See, that kid made me think of you only because it was just like I was trying to picture you as little fat Mark with a, a head of hair and everything. And yeah. I was like, that's totally fat Mark right there. <laughs> yeah. But see now little fat Mark would have had on like designer clothes <laughs> and glasses and he wouldn't have fallen for that. And he would have been like, I don't know what, but he wouldn't have fallen for that. So he would that, not have fallen for that. no, no hooks hanging from the chimney with a gingerbread man. Though. If they had dropped down Tom Selleck, <laughs> little fat Mark would have been all over that. Um, so, of course, he falls for this. He takes a bite. Before you know it, the gingerbread comes alive. And, like, I love the look on Howie's face when he takes a bite and the little gingerbread comes alive and, like, shrieks. Yeah, it's like, you bit my head. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he gets wrapped up and then he gets yanked up the chimney just in time for Sarah to see his little legs dangling there. Yeah. So she grabs onto him and the rest grab onto her. The rest of the family grabs onto her. And then in the interim, a rogue, like, like barely lit log has rolled into the Christmas tree, setting that ablaze. And then she's confronted with like a living gingerbread man, which causes her to freak the heck out. Um, And then she loses her grip. And then he's just pulled completely up and into like the ether. Yeah. And I wonder if that was, uh, was it the thing that ate the, the one of the other daughters or was that like Krampus just yanking the little kid up with a chain? I kind of think, well, or you know what? There's also those elves. Oh, yeah, that's right. The elves. Yeah, I think it may have been the elves. OK, yeah, now, that makes sense. Now, though, underneath the snow and we'll get to this later, folks. I wonder if that was the teddy bear under the snow. You mean the one that was uh, that had um, gotten a big Howie 
and like spun him around yeah. inside the snow and everything. Yeah, I wonder if that was the teddy bear because he has that head, that mouthful of teeth. Oh yeah. So you think like I mean, he was moving like a like moving like a snake, all fast and everything. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. I just who knows. <laughs> it's fun to speculate. Yeah. Um. So you know. You hear the little gleeful giggles because like they've gotten another one of the kids. Um, and, you know, Omi relights the fire, which I'm like, oh, it seems a little too little too late. But um, how he's feeling all bad, he blames himself. Um, and then Omi turns around, and says, basically, this is everyone's fault. He's come for us all, which mm-hmm. I'm like, holy cow. Um, so then she starts to convey her childhood uh, recollections of dealing with Krampus from the past. And I love how this goes to like basically like the old like. Rankin and Bass kind of like claymation looking things. Yeah. Like um, this totally reminded me of a Tim Burton movie right here. Just very much part. so. Yeah. Very like Car- Coraline, which is now the Tim Burton, but like Coraline, that kind of animation and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so she recounts, it was like a cold winter night, um, like most Christmases long ago. And she was young and when she still believed, but her village had given up and they forgotten the spirit of Christmas and the, the sacrifice of giving. Um, and uh, no longer was her family loving. Um, and, um, Omi actually gave up and she didn't wish for a Christmas miracle that year. And she wished for everyone to go away. And then the ancient spirit came and it was a shadow of St. Nicholas. It was Krampus and it came to punish everyone and not to give, but to take, um, and it, it drug her family into the underworld and he spared her as a reminder of what happens when Christmas spirit dies and she has this bell. And then Howard just kind of poo-poos the whole thing. And I'm like, I don't think so. And he makes like the <laughs> crack about the rabid Easter bunny come springtime. Yeah. I'm thinking, really? I, I think she's onto something here, folks. I'm like, dude, um, you just witnessed some really crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. Know? And then all of a sudden he springs into action and like Tom goes to stop. And he just pulls a gun on Tom. And I'm like, oh, holy cow, this is getting dark, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, And then when he opens the door, he's confronted by like snowmen all over the lawn. And one of them is dressed like in Howie's cap and scarf. Howie Jr. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you see like something's like kind kind of like jumping, like from snowman to snowman, like you using them as camouflage, like one of the elves back there. See, I didn't um, know if that was an elf or if that was Krampus himself. I, I think it was an elf because if you go back and look, I just think it was one of the elves. I think, I think, I think okay. my personally. Um, so now it's the 24th because we get the little advent calendar, you know, reveal. And um, this is where Max offers uh, Jordan and Stevie some of his Halloween candy. And in the box is the sucker that Sam Hain carries around with him from Trick or Treat, the other Michael Doherty film. Okay, this part was not in the movie that I saw. Really? Really. Okay. Anyway, so that's like a cool Easter egg that's in there. Um, so the pop from the file startles the family, and it's so cold, like the clock is frozen inside, like time is frozen, everything. Um, and that we get like more bonding. The sisters are there for each other. And um, the two daughters start to get concerned, and they start questioning Omi about like, just how bad do you have to be for Krampus to come get you? <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, it's, yeah, and then she tells them it's not about how good or bad you are. It's about what if you've given up or lost the spirit of Christmas or something like that. Exactly. And then in the kitchen, Tom's got the maps. He's kind of like plotting out what to do next. And he starts kind of questioning Sarah about what exactly did she see in the fireplace? And she's adamant that they've got to find Beth. 
Um, and then back underneath the burnt tree, um, Linda is trying to resalvage what gifts she can. And then that's where we see that like one of the packages has been the top wrapping is burnt away and we see the jackal land. No, sorry. Jack in the box has made its way into the house. Yeah. By way of that sack that you were talking about earlier. Isn't that great how the Jack in the box started off really small. And then like when we see it again, it's freaking huge. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is where Dorothy just says that we're <laughs> fucked because the girls are like, you know, what's Omi saying? And Dorothy's just like, she's saying we're fucked. <laughs> uh, she made the comment about, you know, you live long enough, you know, when life's coming at you with its pants down or something like that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Tom's plan is to get back to that snow plow because the keys are inside and then they'll make it to a police station or a mall. And they'll get the kids to safety and they're going to send help back. Mm -hmm. um, but back up, I think it's like the attic space. Um, the unattended packages are starting to like move of their own accord from the inside. Yeah. Like and the, then the... Max outside spies the snowman and then he spies Krampus back there very briefly and then he's gone. Okay. That must've been the part I was thinking about when you were talking about the snowman and then like the, uh, one of the elves jumping around. I thought, Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause that's earlier. I want, yeah. Now see that may be something I saw that you did not because of the versions we watched. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Max uh, exchanges that like knowing glance with Omi. It's like, Oh, we're on the same page here. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, okay, I know what you're talking about. No. And so the girls, one of them has to use the bathroom, but like, they can't use the downstairs one because of Aunt Dorothy. So they have to go upstairs <laughs> to use the bathroom. Um, and while they're up there, like they're debating the fate of what happened to like Howie Jr. and everything. And then they hear that creepy voice upstairs, which it's like a robotic voice. It is definitely not Beth, but they assume that it's Beth because it's calling like Jordan's name and like fools. They fall for it. Yeah, like what makes you think that Beth suddenly sounds like a robot toy or whatever? Up in the house. Yeah. In the dark part of the cold house. Uh -huh. Whatever. Anyway, so then they hear the family downstairs hears the girl's screams and the four adults go upstairs to find them. <clears throat> well, Howard decides that, no, he's going to kind of hang back because his leg's so bad that he really probably can't make it upstairs anyway. And then Rosie won't go upstairs. The dog, she's being a real coward and everything. So in the attic, we have Tom and Sarah and then Sarah's sister, Linda. And they're going in search of the girls by way of following their screens. So Linda spies first that the gifts have all burst from like the inside out. And the, the jackal, she sees the jack in the box. I don't know why I keep saying jack in Jack in the box <laughs> lid. And there's that little gingerbread container with little crumbs and everything. And then the, the lid off to the side. So whatever is inside is no longer inside. Now they are out of their containers. Yeah. Um, it's like they were on a timer or something. Right, right, right. So downstairs in the kitchen, you see the little uh, vent grate has been removed. And that way, the gingerbread people have gotten access to the kitchen and now um, Howard is under attack by the gingerbread people who have armed themselves with a nail gun. <laughs> and this this scream, Sam Raimi, Army of Darkness, uh, Evil Dead 2. Oh, it's like so goofy, but fun. <laughs> totally. It was yes. great. I loved it. Yes. Now, upstairs, though, the Jack in the Box has basically, he reminds me of like a worm almost. He's like, 
or a snake. He's like, yeah. Swallowing or, the last of the girls. Or that clown from Poltergeist. I get, I. Kind of like not the wormy part, but you know. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 But he's got like, yeah, but his body is like extended. Like mm-hmm. he's like a, a boa constrictor consuming these <laughs> kids and his mouth opens up like almost like a predator, like the predator. Yeah. Like, like it, it has the yeah. two mandibles and, and then the, the bottom part. Yeah. Yeah, it's disgusting. And then, like we said earlier, there's a Christmas angel, but it's demonic. And it attacks Sarah from overhead. <laughs> Death from above. And then we get this, like, fuzzy, monstrous teddy bear with, like, just rows of, like, razor-sharp teeth attacking poor Sarah. Yeah. I mean, poor Linda. Um, and then Tom gets attacked by this robotic, a robot, like like a toy robot that's, like, heavily armed and dangerous attacks him on his back and everything. I got to tell you this, this sequence of events was so hard to keep track of because there were so many creatures and so much going on all at once. Oh, it's rapid fire. Yeah. Yeah, It's so fast, which feels like what it would be like to be in the midst of it. Probably Um, it was just pure chaos. Oh, totally. And so now in the interim of all this, the Jack in the box has escaped into the vent and there's these Christmas lights that the angel's using to like basically strangle and like hang Sarah, mm-hmm. like to choke her. And then Linda spies Stevie's legs kind of like sticking out of the jack in the box as he's going into the vent. And then so she starts to uh, she basically takes on Rambo. She goes full murderous mama pick, picking exactly. up an axe and she's like, yeah, so she manages to free Sarah from the, the angel, and she saves Tom, and she misses Jack, but she's able to rescue Stevie, and then um, Sarah blows the returning robot away with a gun, and then Max's call brings everyone downstairs. Um, so with the chaos overhead, the... Um, uh, help me here. Um, oh, um uh, Howard is trying to, he's getting his butt kicked by the Christmas cookies and he finally sets them on fire, but there's one left and Rosie, the dog manages to kill that one. So she's good for something. (laughs) I love the, the expression on the face of the cookie as it's trying to jab that candy cane into his, what I'm assuming could be his eye probably. Right, right, right. (laughs) Um, so um, Max removes the vent and sends Rosie in. And then after like the, the Jack in the box, basically and overhead, the ceiling starts to crack and everything. And the Jack in the box drops down and turns to Howie. And then the angel drops down on top of him and the bears back too. But Dorothy's got a gun. Oh and, yeah. yeah. And then the angels toast. Um, but Did you like the, the way the, Oh, so she shoots the bear and the bear paints the wall with brains. And then she shoots the angel and the angel goes inside of the wreath. Right. Yes. Just- <laughs> yes. It's great. Um, but then all of a sudden through the window, all the evil elves start to like pour in. Yeah. Um, I was not expecting that the first time I saw this movie. Right. Right. And they wrap a chain around Dorothy. and like She screams, see you in hell as they pull her away. <laughs> and then... Um, they just kind of freeze there. It's like a, another let's let's watch moment, and they steal the baby. Yeah, Chrissy. they yep. steal her. Yeah, um, and then Howie's dragged off with the jack uh, the jack in the box. Um, 
and, and then like there was a horn blowing or something, some kind of weird fog horn, and that's like all the suddenly one by one, it, the most of the family was taken away. See, I don't think it was a fog horn. To me, it was more like a like a horn horn, like a. You know how like yeah, I didn't mean Vikings like Vikings would use yeah, like an ex- like an elk horn or something like traditional. You yeah, know? I didn't mean like foghorn. Yeah. I just couldn't figure out the word for it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, but I agree with you. Yeah, and then they can't like Omi can't get the fiery lit and everything, and then you know um, Tom's wanting to leave and everything, and the electricity flickers, and then Max is like, "It's him," and um, outside there's like lightning flashing everything, and. They're all heading out to leave, but at the last minute, Omi locks them out. Yeah. And Tom's trying to get back in, and Max is like, no, she wants to face him. So they head off on their own, leaving Omi back inside. So inside the home, things start to freeze over, and the fireplace, fireplace cracks under like the arrival of Krampus, and he comes down and faces Omi like from her past. Um, it's a great entrance. Uh, like, I love oh, the entrance. That was scary as shit. Oh yeah. Like and you just face- see the, the thing it's, it's all crouched down and then it stands up tall. It's got those long horns and, and, and the even longer tongue. It's like Gene Simmons. <laughs> well, in his face, it's, it's almost like he's wearing the skin of someone over his face. Cause he's got like goat eyes underneath it. Yeah. He's got like an old man face, uh, but it, it looks all leathery and stuff. Yeah. Like it's not his face. Like mm-hmm. he's stolen that face. He's wearing it. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and then the mouth, it just will not close. Right. Yeah. It's pretty creepy as heck. And then, so Omi meets her fate as he opens his like sack of terrors and then just yeah. things jump up and that's the end of Omi. Now, I was assuming that the the box he opened was a present that he saved for her for like however many years. And Aww. like, he just gifted it to her and it's like, this is your fate. <laughs> you know, that's what I was thinking. Not Tom Selleck. Not, no, definitely not Tom <laughs> Selleck. <laughs> so outside in the freezing cold. Okay, so I want to say this. If it's Sub-Zero out there, Tom does not have a hat on his head. Like, his ears would be falling off. He'd be frozen. Yeah, because wasn't Howie saying something about he got frostbite in under five minutes? Yeah, yeah. So Tom's just, you know, marching along without any covers whatsoever on his head. Whatever. Um, So the group's moving on. They spy the snow plow, but they hear something. And then under the snow, Tom starts to fire, and then it retreats. So Tom's like, I've got to send the group on and stay here to face this to kind of like buy him some time. Mm-hmm. That freaking snake thing that goes underneath the snow. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder if it's like the snow. What was it? The sandworm from a Beetlejuice? You if think because the, the, those sandworms, you could see them when they come up out of the ground and like try to eat you. Well, I just wonder if it's like a snowworm. Yeah, man. <laughs> this yeah. thing just pulled you under and like took yeah. you to wherever. And then, like you just said, they pull Tom under. So that leaves Stevie and Sarah and Linda and Max to proceed onward. Well, Linda's yeah. the next to be drug under. And they Sarah gets the kids to the vehicle. They get Max up in there. And then Sarah slams the door. And then she's right outside the window, which would be heartbreaking to watch your mother pulled underneath the snow. I don't know. I like I my mom meant the world to me, like to see her pulled underneath the snow and just to see her like little cigarette go under. <laughs> yeah, same here, but my mom didn't smoke. Um, but yeah, I would I would be devastated. It would be horrifying. Now, 
I find it interesting that Max is the designated vehicle operator, not Stevie. Right. He's much younger than she is. Uh, yeah. To me, Steve, and like Stevie seems like she would have the knowledge to operate a vehicle. Like she looks like, like I said earlier, like she could like, you know, skin a deer. Like I picture her like knowing all, like she could build yeah. you a motor if you know what. I, she just looks like she would have the knob, but whatever. Yeah, I'm sure um, their dad probably taught them how to drive trucks and, you know, oh, tractors yeah, and totally. all this other stuff. Yeah, but in the interim, an elf attacks and they pull Stevie out and then Max is trying to fight back and that's not helping him. And then the uh, um, elf, which I find interesting, gets pulled under and drug away. Yeah, so that, uh, whatever the hell it is under the snow, it doesn't, care like friend or foe no it's just yeah it's just out for blood yeah so that i found that interesting as hell um so krampus is there and he confronts max and he drops omi's bell wrapped in the shredded letter that max threw out the window yeah and so he's like this is all your fault you little bastard exactly well the bell says greetings from krampus but it's written in german i wondered what that said okay mm-hmm. yeah so Later on, Max comes upon this like weird, like it's like a almost looks like a meeting gathering ritual kind of thing. It's like and a, they have some Stevie. kind of She's, pagan Christmas ritual or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which I would want to attend, but not to be murdered, just to watch. <laughs> um, but in my version, they're way overdressed. Well, I'm just saying this. Yeah, in my version, it, like everybody would be wearing the wooden masks, but they'd be completely nude. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, so um, to get their attention, Max screams out, hey, asshole, I take back my wish. Give me back my family. And he returns. Um, what? Huh? Oh, he returns the bell. I'm sorry. He returns the bell and it just gets absorbed into the snow. Yeah. It and then, d- didn't it look like it was so hot that it melted right yes, through the snow? Yes. And then it opens up this like fissure and like this. It looks hot like you're seeing hell. Yeah. Like down below. Yes. Um, and the fiery pit opens and then Krampus, I love, like drops from above and he's just standing on like the, the lip of the opening of it on the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now the elves drag Stevie up to its opening and Max pleads with Krampus. He offers himself up in her place. Um, and it's like, is it going to work? And like, hell no, this is Krampus. It's not going to work at all. <laughs> but for a moment, you did think because you saw yes. Krampus like. Uh, looking at him and like, hmm, what's what the hell is this guy talking about? And then he takes one of his tears. Um, and then he just like, ha 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 and grabs him by the head. <laughs> yeah, it is great. He's holding him over the fiery opening and everything. And Max is like, I'm sorry. I just wanted Christmas to be like it used to be. Um, and then he's dropped screaming into the pit. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot tell you how much joy it brought my heart thinking of all the little kids that their family brought them to see this. <laughs> It like, I was just overjoyed. Um, <laughs> Coming home with a lot of terrified children. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> so, so then all of a sudden it's a sunny new day and Max awakens from a bad dream only to see the world back is back to normal and it's Christmas day and the little advent calendar reveals there's a little Santa on the picture mm-hmm. and downstairs the families reunite it. And everybody's and, uh, so happy. Yeah, and have yourself a merry little Christmas is playing, and he's relieved that they're all alive. And Omi offers him hot chocolate, and um, they're all. She says, "Merry Christmas, Max," and 
you know, uh, <laughs> Sarah unwraps that really creepy taxidermy gift from Howie. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, for a while, my son was really into creepy, weird taxidermy. So that would have been a perfect gift for my son, Tyler. But he doesn't do that anymore. But that would have been great years ago. Um, so Max is feeling all the love and everything. Uh, now, I don't know if I asked you this because I was so excited to do this. When did you first see this movie? Um, I so it came out in 2015. I saw the TV ads for it, but I did not see it until probably summer of 2016. Okay, so I saw this with actually Tyler and Dorsey and Walter in the theaters. Uh, Braden may have went with us too, our other son. Um, but I saw this in the theaters. Okay. Um, at this point, I was fucking pissed. Oh, because you were like, you were like, no, I was no mad <laughs> as hell. I was angry. Like I was, I, I could feel myself heating up. I was like, no, I was so mad. Like I was <laughs> like, this is some I bullshit. Was furious. So I'm going to keep going. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so then Max gets a present and he, it's the bell. And yeah, Tom, it was in that weird old vintage box, too. Yep. And then Tom and Sarah give him this look. And then everyone else starts to give him that same knowing look as well. And, and then, then there's flashbacks. that voiceover. Yeah. And then that voiceover from Omi, and it says, Krampus came to punish, to take. And then there's that chilly wind sound. And we pan out to reveal that the home is in a snow globe in Krampus's endless collection. Yeah. And then we get that jump scare of toys and elves and everything. And that is the perfect ending. It I is, yeah. love it. <laughs> Rob, oh my God. Oh my God. I was in heaven. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> like yes. this movie doesn't suck after all. Oh, not at all. No. <laughs> I was dropped to my knees, ready to satisfy Mr. Doherty in any way he wanted. This was the best. Holiday horror movie ever. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it so much. <laughs> and I wondered if, um, now remember when we were talking about like how the town got swallowed up by that dark cloud? Yes. Do you think everybody was oh. trapped in the snow globe at that time? And like, it was already like maybe an alternate dimension in Krampus's own little messed up universe. I don't know, but I, Friggin' love it. Right. I love it so much. And did they just eventually like beat Max to death and then he wake up again and they just killed him again because he has screwed them up for eternity. Oh man. Yeah. Basically they got to relive Christmas every day and like eventually they're going to get sick and tired of that. Well, and is it a good Christmas that they're reliving or is it does it become an awful Christmas? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm assuming it starts off as like a good family Christmas and then it just kind of ends up like the reality sinks in and like, oh, we're trapped here because of you. Oh, see, in my mind, it becomes a Krampus Christmas all over again and they have to relive the nightmare. Oh, you know, I never thought of that. That could see, I, did, I never thought of it your way. You're being much more kind than I am. <laughs> well. That's not kind because once <laughs> when the realization sets in, they're like, fuck, <laughs> you know? Oh man. Interesting. See, that's why I like doing this with you because you always come with different ideas than I have. Yeah. I like it. Cause we, we each bring different things to the table and it's like, you know, there, it's so much to 
just kind of throw back and forth and be like, oh, hey, this is the idea that I had. So would the men eventually have to grow beards? Didn't uh, the father already have a beard? Did he? Um, yeah, not Howie, but the other guy. Yeah, he Tom. had. Yeah, Tom, he had he have a beard. He had like a like a <laughs> like a two week beard or something. Yeah. Okay, well that says a lot about the actor because I didn't even notice. <laughs> oh, I thought you would know. He was the only one with a beard. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Nothing against the man because I've seen him in a lot of things. Yeah, that's not a beard. I'm looking at the picture. That's not. No, that's not a. No, I want like a beard on the man. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. That's um, like a two week beard. Yeah. 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 That does not count. Um. Yeah. 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 Um. I- interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, Rob. Rob. Hmm. What did you think of the movie This Go Round? Oh, it's I'm going to add this to like one of my holiday staples. Like I usually watch Die Hard and Die Hard 2 because despite what anybody says, those are Christmas movies, damn it. Um, but yeah, this is this is also an awesome Christmas movie or any time of the year, but I'd say especially Christmas. Yeah, it's pretty damn cool. Now, would you recommend it to listeners of Midnight Mice Creature Cast? A hundred percent. Without without question, mm-hmm. I mean this is this has everything that this show is about. It's got the creatures, it's got the horror aspect, it has some comedic elements. It, I mean, it's got it all. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I uh, I love it. I I I do love it so so much. It is a ton of fun. It is got the Christmas feels all over it. Like mm-hmm. uh, it's it. It's just the perfect Christmas um, horror movie. I love that it's PG so younger kids can watch it, like wanting that gateway horror. Yeah. Um, it's so much fun. Um, and it's so dark, are, too. Oh, I mean. it's so dark. It's so dark. It's so dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the effects are great. Um, the, the monsters, the creatures, you know, it's there if that's mm-hmm. what you're in, in it for. Um yeah, I would. This is definitely like a, a tradition in in my uh, horror loving household, um, along with Black Christmas and Black Xmas. Um, it's I definitely scary. Well. I mean, when you come face to face with Krampus for the first time, and you see like that that old man face, but like with the long tongue and and the goat eyes. Every oh, it's just unnerving. Oh, it's nightmare fuel. Like mm-hmm. if I had seen this at the right age, I. It, it would have given me nightmares for sure. Yeah. I would probably like, not sure. like Christmas after I was like, no, Christmas <laughs> is evil. I'd been really good. I could tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother my sisters. I wouldn't, oh no. I would have been the best little fat Mark ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, truly, no. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, I think by far one of my favorite movies that we've covered on the podcast. Like, I love this thing so much. This is one of those few movies that are very smartly done. And it's uh, it it has all the right elements that come together at just the right time. Oh, yeah. See, Michael Doherty has not done a lot. um, But the things that he that I've seen that he's done, I'm like, I'm okay with you not doing a ton of things because what you do. Mm-hmm. The, the the few things you do are so good. Well, I remember Trick or Treat being a lot like this, aside from it being an anthology movie, mm-hmm. but it was like, you know, if you 
Because wasn't that old man, he didn't believe in Halloween or something? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and so the spirit of Sam Hain paid him a visit. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it's so much fun. Yeah, no, I, I, folks, you need this. And and watch it before Christmas just to get yourself in that spirit. Yeah, or watch it on Christmas Day. And I, I think I might be speaking for Rob, but if you plan on having any kind of pagan Christmas celebration that involves wood mask nudity, please reach out to us. <laughs> yeah, uh, I am down. I will show up. I'll be there with I, bells on. And I'll bring candy canes, eggnog, whatever you need. I'll I'll have Walt bake Christmas cookies, whatever it takes to get me to that can pagan we, ritual. Can we make little Baphomet Christmas cookies? Oh my God, that'd be amazing. I will ice them. I'll put the little red hots on the eyes. I don't care. Just please invite me to your nude pagan rituals. Yeah, hey, I'll be there too. Mark will be, at some point, Mark will be rolling around on your rug naked. I, but I'll bring a towel to sit on. So don't worry about that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a monster. <laughs> so I, if you have anything more to say about the movie? Um, I think that was it. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, the You know, there was not a lot of trivia for me to find this this go around. But yeah. you you pretty much covered everything. And yeah, I've got nothing else. All right. So so this was our uh, Christmas gift to you or whatever you celebrate. Yeah, um, this was our scary, I don't want to be, our scary holiday present for y'all. Exactly. I don't want to be uh, uh, exclusive. I want to be inclusive. So even if you don't celebrate anything, it's still fun. Um, now, on our next episode, uh, I will be stripping down to my tank top and panties. Uh, with to with get your into curled my, wig, yes. With my curled wig to get into my spacesuit because we're going to be doing uh, 1979's Alien. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for that one. So grab your cat and come <laughs> join us. Wait, was the cat in the first one? Jonesy? Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought the cat was only in the second one. No, Jonesy was the first one. Okay. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. I haven't watched that movie in quite some time. So I'm- you don't need to. I'll just come over and act the whole thing <laughs> out. You will be amazed at how spot I am. Spot on I am with the dialogue, with Dude. the scenes. Okay, I, but do you have your xenomorph outfit? I have it all, Rob. Okay. You do not understand how many times I have watched Alien. I love this thing. Yeah, I love it. Sweet. So, yeah, so that's what we'll be doing. And um, as always, if you want to get in touch with us, I am ever lurking on Instagram at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. And we've gotten new followers, so thank you for that. That Hell means yeah. the world to me. Awesome. And uh, hopefully the uh, the booby bots stay away and they and they don't try to contact you. Yeah, they've they've quit over there. They've they've come back to uh, Mark in a movie, which I always find so funny because oh, like, I, I don't know what you're doing, but <laughs> you're welcome to hang out, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. Show me pictures of your shoes. I guess that's all I can say. Or ask they'll you know, they can ask you for like outfit advice or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm good with that. You know, but yeah, whatever. But anyway, uh <laughs> and uh did you want to plug the uh the the uh oh email? Yes. Uh well not the email, no, but I okay. also I did want to make this a weekly thing where I plug the Suplex City Limits network that we are a part of. Go to suplexcitylimits.com. You can find this show among others, uh, such as Suplex City Limits. It's half pro wrestling, half like whatever the heck else they want to talk about. Uh my other show, Old Guy Metalcast which is pretty much just like two old metalheads and we're complaining about things. <laughs> um, and then there's the Federation, which covers 
pro wrestling as well as older pro wrestling, I should say, like from the uh, 90s, the Attitude Era, as well as music and other things. And uh, this show, of course. Did I already say this show? Okay, well. And then Spitball. Oh, yes. uh, Much love and big shout outs to Spitball Media, who uh, they show us love on their show. So Yes, and thank you so much. I've been listening to them like a fiend. So thank you so much, you guys. Oh, like I seriously have. I'm not lying. Like I've I've. uh, Start following the show and they're a lot of fun, actually. That's awesome. See, my podcast listening has kind of gone down the tubes. I don't really listen to any shows anymore. Oh, okay. Well, I, I make up for that. With, oh, on my thank you. <laughs> You're going to have to fill me in on what's going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oddly enough, though, they blocked me. I reached out to all of them, but uh, I think the photos were too much, so I've been blocked. But, you know, <laughs> that's their choice. <laughs> Tell me it wasn't the jack-o'-lantern phone, was it? <laughs> Oh, I probably should have had a jack lantern in front of that. Or was it the Baphomet photos? Ah, hmm, uh, hmm, the mind <laughs> boggles. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we sincerely, sincerely appreciate you listening, uh, whether it's the first or the, what, 51st. Uh, it means the world to us uh, because the more, the scarier. Oh, absolutely. And until we meet again, may you stay spooky and have a creepy holiday. Wow. <laughs>